Welcome to Return to Oz Minute. We're the podcast that's analyzing the classic 1985 Disney film, Return to Oz, one minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. And today we're joined by a special guest. Hello. This is Chris Callahan. Uh, Our audience may not know him, but Mike and I definitely do. Chris Callahan co-hosts the show Notes from the Underground with Mike Carlucci. Hey. And he has to live with me. Poor person. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It all works out. (laughs) So I'll let you guys do plugs for the radio show at the end of the episode. But I want to get us into this wonderful minute. I'm so excited. We promised guests when we got to Oz. Well, well, we're still in the water, but we're on our way close enough, whatever we're doing this. Today we're talking about Minute 23, which starts with Dorothy asleep on her raft, crate, whatever we're doing here, this thing, yeah. And it ends 60 seconds later with her talking to a chicken. Because it's getting weird, and I love it. <laughs> Let's see. I, I know. Well, it's a crate, but it was like I don't a know. crib almost, it looked like. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Feel free to get right up on that microphone. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Sorry, now I'm thinking about Marissa Cooper from the OC, but that would be a totally different podcast, and I will get back to this minute, which starts with some beautiful music, considering that someone died in the last minute. Chris, oh. you, you missed an exciting uh, exciting scene. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, I don't have extensive experience with this movie, so I sort of jumped right in. I was like, hey. I offered to show him the whole movie, and shockingly, he declined my kind offer. <laughs> well, but I, I kind of like the idea of you're, you're coming into this new. It's a new scene, new things are happening. Um, do you want to start us off with notes and then we'll just kind of go around? Sure. So one of the first things that jumped out is the image of, you know, the water and her in her little box and the moon. I maybe think of the movie, other classic 80s film, Joe versus the Volcano. Technically 90s. Ooh, Continue. Early 90s. Early as I, <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. But yeah, just that scene sort of, sort of out in the emptiness of the water. Is it the end of Joe versus the Volcano, right? Yeah. Uh, 19... 90 so okay you're you're good might have been filmed in 89 we don't know but either way uh definitely brought up memories of that (laughs) um i did note like the little kansas logo on the side of the box i couldn't really read much else but can anyone read the other words on her crate coop raft it definitely says kansas in the middle lovely and and there are other words but the problem is if the screen (laughs) When I watch it, the screen's really small, and it's too small to work out, but when I blow it up to full screen, it's too blurry to read them. I, It almost looks like Spinwood down in the left corner, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Anyone got anything? Let's see if I can find like a good second to pull up. I was trying to tell. It looks like some sort of official seal. And actually, now here's the question. Do they give you the exact year? 
1899, October. Oh. Okay. All Almost right. Halloween. Hmm. Because I thought it kind of looked like cottonwood balls oh. on the bottom. Well, that, I mean, that would make a lot, lot more sense. But, uh. but it, I mean, it's, yeah, the problem is when you zoom in uh, or have, have a larger view, you can't see it because it's probably a detail they did not intend for uh, us to read. Unfortunately, the script does not mention the seal. How dare they not anticipate a podcast analyzing this movie minute by minute? I am looking at second 24 if we want to get frame by framey about it. And 25. Yeah, I, I would totally believe Cottonwood Falls on the bottom. What would yeah. the top be? Also, this is not a chicken coop. I think I've complained about this before, actually. I think when the, when we first saw this last minute, I was like, but that's not, but, but I've seen a chicken coop before. This isn't, this isn't what they look like. I think of the coops having like the little ramp where the chicken yeah. walks down and all that, but, hmm. This is a crate. Yeah, and, uh. I mean, I think, spoiler alert, uh, Belina describes where she finds the key mm -hmm. later on as by the chicken Which looked nothing like this. Which is... Ah, so that's... Yeah, I thought the coop was where, like, like a wolf guards the chicken coop or something and, you know... Reverse that, but yeah. Saying, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you don't have a wolf guarding the hen house. Yeah. Or a fox guarding the hen house. I thought a hen yeah. house yes. was a chicken that's coop. that's what I'm thinking like of. It has the little hollows, and that's where they lay their eggs. And, and also, why would the seal oh. for Cottonwood Falls be on a chicken coop? Because you're right, it looks kind of official. Yeah, unless like it's a state-owned farm, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> what are we getting into? Uh... Yeah, because it says Kansas. So even if the top said Gale Farm, Cottonwood Falls, yeah. Kansas, the wording is in the wrong order. Like... Kansas should be at the top if that was the address. Can't Cottonwood Falls can't or yeah. the bottom. I don't and the know. Gill Farm isn't there, so that implies that this is someone else's chicken coop that she has co-opted from Cottonwood Falls. Because I'm sure there are people in Cottonwood Falls who keep chickens. Get a few. So I don't know. This is this is very confusing, but it's okay because we get to talk to Belina. I tried to restrain my love for her in the earlier scenes where she literally was just a chicken walking around. Yeah. But now you've seen the gloriousness that is this puppet. Wow. And you understand why I want one, right? Hey, it's, it's pretty impressive, I'd have to say. <laughs> little wake up. <laughs> you want a puppet or you want a chicken? Hmm. I think I want a chicken. Except I know that I don't actually want to deal with taking care of a chicken within the city of Boston. I, I have a couple friends actually who live in the suburbs who keep chickens, and it sounds very complicated. Mm. So, eh, I think I like the idea of a chicken more. <laughs> I'd go see them at the Museum of Science. They have little chickens running around, and they have little. That's true. Chicks. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. I'm happy to talk about Belina movie versus book, but does anyone else have first reactions to this chicken? Well, the, the script describes her as a yellow hen. Oh. Which matches the description uh, earlier when Dorothy was surrounded by the white hens and then hmm. the one yellow hen. Okay. Well, and people who are members of our Facebook Listener Society, The Flying Sofa, will know that I occasionally post um, my favorite pictures from the graphic novel version of Ozma of Oz, the one by uh, Eric Shanauer and Scotty Young. And she is a yellow hen in that, so I, I'm okay with going with that. Um, it, she's got clucking, she's got lines, she's got a sneeze. I am the anti-Marty McFly. I just love chickens. I hear you frantically flipping through the script. <laughs> Anything else on our new character, Belina? Which I, I'm calling her a new character. We've already met her on the farm, but okay. she couldn't talk, so... Now, did she, it sounds like on the farm she was very different from the other hens, or she Yes, yeah, she was out? the only non-white hen. Okay. And actually, in the when we saw her earlier, it was that she couldn't lay an egg. Dorothy was searching for an egg. She hadn't laid, and okay. there was maybe some threatening going on oh. if uh, Belina didn't get on this. Hmm. And that's literally the opposite of the book, where Belina lays an egg every morning faithfully. Hey. No matter where they are in their adventures, every morning is interrupted by Belina has to lay her egg. Okay. So they, they definitely did some adapting for the movie. And they also missed a golden opportunity because we know this chicken's name is Belina. Dorothy has called her that many times in the book, um, in the graphic novel, but in the, in the text that I'm looking at. Um, she doesn't know her name. This is just, you know, a chicken that was on the farm. She, she meets her for the first time in this raft crate coop. Um, and so she, may I ask your name? And the hen replies, my name is Bill. And then Dorothy, who apparently is not a progressive in this story, flips out that Bill is a boy's name and that can't possibly be her name. And she says, I'll call you Belina. Putting an Ina on the end makes it a girl's name, you see. Whoa. I'm just like, excuse you, Dorothy. I know it's 1899, but someday it's going to be 2017 and there's going to be a TV show called Doctor Who and a girl named Bill is going to be awesome on it. So I will step to the side of my soapbox. It's still here for me to climb back up on at a moment's notice, but I should probably let you guys talk instead of monopolizing it because I'm sorry. I just love Belina, even though I don't understand how she's gotten here at all. So back on page four of the script, uh, we see Dorothina <laughs> uh, scolding Toto, and Belina is described as a yellow Plymouth Rock 
in a flock of white leghorns. Not being Plymouth the Rock or Plymouth the General Motors brand or Chrysler brand. The defunct American car brand, Plymouth. Uh, Yes, she has been described as yellow. She's now just a yellow hen. But she gets a name that she can speak and understand. So I guess you call it even. So how did Belina get here? That's a good question, because again, it looks like it's... First of all, I keep thinking it's a crib. When I look at that <laughs> phone, just like, that makes the most sense from what I can tell. Yeah, so now I'm assuming that Dorothy had to sort of escape right before into this floating box. Yeah. Have you enjoyed hearing half of a podcast the past few nights? In the other room, playing a game or two, watching some TV, but I could overhear some shouting and... You probably have sessions. a very... Cause which one are you playing now? I'm still working on Dragon Age Inquisition. So totally, totally matches yeah, Return to Oz and what we've been talking about. Uh, yeah, so I actually, uh, why don't you tell us about your experience with the movie Return to Oz? You know, what, what oh. are your memories of it? Well, I sort of did a kind of retroactive thinking about this movie because I've seen, you know, I've looked at a few clips over the years and I just watched this one. And from what I hear from both of you regarding this movie, what I've been able to piece together is that if I encountered this movie as a child, I would not have been able to handle it. I am generally afraid, especially growing up, afraid of a lot of TV and movies. I was afraid of things on Sesame Street and sort of across the board. And everything I've heard about this movie, it sounds like I would have not made it through very far. So, um, and the other weird thing I was thinking about this this movie I want to talk about is that I was also never a big fan of The Wizard of Oz. I don't know when I you saw musical it. musical not liking weirdo. That's a, so, for some reason, it never quite clicked. And as I kept thinking about why I didn't like it, um, you know what it, I, one of the things is I've never liked the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I've always found it to be very depressing, except for that Hawaii version by that guy. Yes! That's all right. Good save there. Good save. So, the Hawaii guy in there, that's all right. But for some reason, I think, I don't know, I just never quite clicked the movie. And then when you both of you have told me about this one, I looked into it, and it's obviously a fascinating point in Disney's history, movie history, how it all sort of worked out. So... Um, yeah, I'm excited to see a few more minutes. Because we watched The Dark Crystal and both oh, liked it. Yeah, the, and, which I, I honest or not The Dark oh, Crystal, um, The Black Cauldron. Oh, the Black Cauldron, yes. I'm so yeah. sorry. I wonder if I've screwed that up earlier. But yeah, I, I, I think of this as the live action counterpart to The Black Cauldron. Careful, we're shaking the table. Um, it's kind of the same era and the same issues <laughs> i think yeah. um in in critical reception definitely seemed like this was sort of a key turning point for disney this this specific year it came out black cauldron and then this movie they kind of had to think about their next steps and uh yeah because you love all that behind the scenes stuff yeah i know i do recommend as a book recommendation disney war is a great book about the sort of history of disney and um, definitely at this point in the 80s it was getting pretty dicey about the future with a lot of things. And um, we'll note the movie that I do think, from what I've read, saves Disney is The Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. So something else to think about if there's a minute-by-minute minute on that one. We can 
Well, there is a Disney Animation Minute by Minute. We should let them know you are available for guesting on podcasts. That movie probably saved Disney. But in any case, it sounds like this movie, from what I hear, it was definitely an interesting one. It sounds like it was big in Europe in some areas, it sounds like. It's funny. When I was doing the research for this podcast, apparently, like, Tokyo Disney had all this tie-in stuff. Huh. So apparently I need to go there. Um, yeah, they had a little Oz land. Oh, man. Cause now, just as I think about it, with, with theme parks, is there any Wizard of Oz? No, because that's MGM's so property. Okay, and MGM doesn't do... So yeah. technically, this is... The L. Frank Baum stuff had passed into fair use. That's oh. not the wording. Passed into... Public domain? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Public domain. Um, no. But the MGM had not. So okay. anything that comes from the original books, they could use. But, like, they, she references the ruby slippers when she's talking to the doctor. They had to pay MGM to be able to say ruby slippers. Because okay. That, but, like, I, again, spoiler alert for later, we're going to see, like, a picture of the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. And it's based off of the pre-MGM illustrations, not the movie actor characters. For the same reason. Interesting. Says what? Huh. I guess MGM hasn't really... I'm trying to think. They don't really have a presence in any any sort of theme park. I'm trying to think if they... No. Hmm. Because they're not in Universal. Were they... Sorry, God. <laughs> so... So there is a Wizard of Oz uh-huh. theme park. Uh, this is going to come up... Uh, this is a note for later in the show. But since we're discussing it... Uh, yeah, there was a theme park called the Land of Oz. Uh, it's a Wizard of Oz theme park. It's in Beach Mountain, North Carolina. And there is one quirk. Uh, it is abandoned. Uh, but it's, uh, people have gone there for, um, what do they call that? Like urban exploration? Like the geocaching? People have done like their own tours, yeah. like have snuck into oh. the grounds. Run amok. Have, have, uh, have, have <laughs> run amok. Yeah, I think it's actually open for open for tours now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I figured people explorers. were going to go in and they might as well make some money off it. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. there's a couple characters from this movie still involved in one of the rides in Disneyland Paris, but I'm pretty sure that is the only... Yeah. Official tie left. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Uh, yeah, they've they've had some events at the uh, at this land of Oz in the past, but it's you know it's just sort of running, the, uh, the getting run down. Hey. <laughs> oh man! Well, Harry Potter minute wants to go to Harry Potter World. This would be maybe. Slightly less elaborate, but <laughs> I like North Carolina. All right. Um, my last big note for this minute is how how do we think Belina got here? Because Dorothy fell into the river, or jumped, technically, as the nurse tried to save her. 
Um, then she pushed the other girl underwater. No, I'm just kidding. What's, what is this movie? <laughs> um, she, uh, I'm telling you, someday we're going to watch the whole thing. I, I respected your process for preparing for this podcast and that you said you wanted to just jump in and see what happened. I was like, that's fine. But you do realize by the time we finish recording everything, I'm then going to make you sit down and watch it. Just I, I know that that's that in your coming. future. Yeah. Um, that's that's the same plan Dorothy had. She just jumped in and then yeah. saw what so was going to happen. She gets here, but it does. And in the book too, she's just like, "I just woke up here." Th- just like, that's yeah. just what happened. I don't understand. Are we supposed to believe? Is that why they keep calling it a chicken coop? Are we supposed to believe that she was in it, and Dorothy just didn't notice her? Until- no, that makes no sense. She'd have noticed her. Well, Belina does say, I've never been so wet in my whole life. Maybe she got in the river, you know, 115 miles downstream uh, when Aunt Em threatened to stew her up as, as dinner. And that's true. Yada, yada, yada. She shows up the in Cottonwood Falls. Co- no, because they left Cottonwood Falls by this point. And actually. I, I mean, I'd have to check which direction the river is flowing, but in in my map generalness, I think it would have gone past Franklin and therefore the farm, and that's when Belina could have jumped in before sailing out to New Orleans. They're both on the run. They both happen to meet up. All right. This is just like Blues Brothers. <laughs> For the curious, it's a, about a 13-hour drive from Boston to the Land of Oz theme park, which is in the Cherokee National Forest. Okay. Or I guess it's in a, looks like it's in a carve-out. The forest seems to surround yeah. an area of, that contains banner elk. It's close to the Tennessee border. Could it be of... Uh... It couldn't be making money if it was part of the official national forest. They probably just own the land that it's on. Um, yeah, I, I've always, I've only gone down to Wilmington, which is on the completely other side of the state. So I'm, I'm down for adventuring. Um, it sounds, I'm kind of sad that it isn't completely abandoned anymore, just because that would have perfectly completed the creepiness yeah. of this, of this endeavor, but. <laughs> That's all right. I I think I've had enough creepiness in the past couple weeks to last me a good long while. I am very happy that we are moving forward away from the Dr. Worley. (laughs) Now that I can hear about the doctor, it sounds like it was kind of a rough, rough, rough ride. Literally, in one point. Oh, (laughs) Um, so why, it, it, blah, sorry. Uh, does anyone have any other notes? Have I skipped anything that you guys wanted to talk about for this particular minute? That looks good to me. Because it is Monday, and I know it's the start of a fresh week. We have a new guest. Uh... Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about this radio show you do with some weirdo that I talk to over Skype all the time? Yes. 
Uh, yeah, so it's Notes from the Underground. It's a show I've been doing off and on since January 2004. Some longer gaps in between here and there, but it's currently on the uh, Simmons College Radio Network, also known as Mike. No! Yes. You're cute! You're out of practice! You gotta get ready for the new season. What? Uh- I just found out there was a uh, there's a phone number. I almost started to call it. Uh, it's, it's called Simmons College Radio. Ciao, the Shark. Yes. <laughs> so we're on there. It's the best way to figure out find out about the show. Where we play music of any sort of all over the place. Just go to uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash notes ftu. We update that when we have a new show coming out. Probably back sometime in the fall of 2017. Keep a lookout for that. Because you're at the mercy of the academic calendar. Oh, yes. Academic calendar, various things, lunar calendar, all kinds of issues. Are, are we all having fun being in our 30s and still worrying about finals? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, beyond that, you can find me uh, uh, Twitter at PCChrisC, where I'm usually retweeting old Lego inserts and various other things. It's a good time. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at one steel sister, O-N-E-S-T-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. I tweet all sorts of things. If you disagree with me on politics, baseball, or how cute dogs are, you probably won't enjoy my Twitter feed, but that's where you can find me. And the show is on Twitter at OzMinute. Or you can go to returntoozminute.com, weogtiogpiog.com. The listeners flying sofa is facebook.com slash groups slash ozminute. Um, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash ozminute. I'm Mike Carlucci. I'm at Mike Carlucci. Like that's Twitter at, you know. We got you. We got you. <laughs> I'm also at Mike Carlucci. Oh, <laughs> and I, and you can put down a hundred dollar private tour deposit at Land of Oz. They've got a merch shop. Hey. You can get a t-shirt. There's tie-dye shirts. There's hats. <laughs> <laughs> I am in no way affiliated <laughs> with this company. Uh, yeah, I, we but, were joking about sponsors, but maybe we need to take this seriously. Get them involved. Um, I just love how distracted you are by this website. This is great. I can't wait to... Uh, get into the land of Oz, both your research on the real life one that's apparently in North Carolina and this fictional one that we're about to embark upon. We'll, we'll uh, put a link link in the uh, in, in the show notes to the land oh, of Oz. Uh, the, the, pictures, the, the pictures are great. I can't understand how this place went out of business, except that it's in western North Carolina near the Tennessee and Kentucky border. And I'm guessing that's just not an easy place to get to. Well, you know, I'm on a mission to visit all 50 states. And if I can knock three, well, I've already been to North Carolina, but I haven't been to Kentucky or Tennessee. So if I can just blip over for lunch hey. and then go back to the land of Oz, I'm, I'm game. But that would definitely be interesting. I, I will have to look at this link. I'm very excited to see these pictures.
Uh, I enjoy all things Oz, so you can find me at any of those spots talking about it. We're all coming back tomorrow, right? I'll be back. Okay. I'm going to see you again in my life. I think so. Hang Mike, around. you're not like quitting tonight. We're, we're good. Well, I wouldn't oh. quit on a Monday. So. <laughs> Wait a minute. That, that leaves oh. four other days I need to worry about. <laughs> so, Chris, we wrap up each episode by saying three magic oh. words Thank or you. nonsense words, whichever. It could be both. Uh, weog, teog, piog. So what we do is we, one of us will say weog, then the other says teog, and we try to say piog at the same time. All right. Good, good qualifier there. We try. (laughs) Uh, We try. I love that when you're explaining it out, you almost couldn't remember which word came next. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what? I didn't notice that. Um... Would you like to start us off since you were nice and actually explained what was about to happen? <laughs> we are. Piog. 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 Piog.